Tack the Rack, coming to you from Seattle, Washington, home of the Supersonics fan base. I'm Josh. Here we go. Well done. All right, today I got Mr. John Finn with me. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Longtime friend from high school. Starting point guard for our high school varsity. Don't worry, he didn't make it to varsity. Uh, team. <laughs> but, uh, well, we got four four guys from that team, four of the uh, six guys in the league. Yes, yes, we yeah. do. That was the non-purpose. Brian somehow managed to uh, sneak on to old Georgetown and hit banked in threes at Madison Square Garden. Something that none of us ever got close to doing. Yeah, no, I got yeah, I got real close to his elbows. <laughs> That's the elbow we got. I tell you what, but. Hold on, hold on, I gotta make sure my, my TVs are down. I got I got multiple games going thanks to Josh Schuber, Toronto and Portland, and I got the Lake Show. Do you, you see the a uh, little bit of the Clippers Rockets tonight? Real good game. James Harden playing playing real nice. I actually saw Russell Westbrook play some defense, which was pretty impressive uh, because if he actually decides to defend, he has all the tools to be a really good defender. That was kind of his initial calling card, right? Oh, yeah. Coming into the league, hundred percent. It's uh, it's funny with this whole like load management thing, man. Like these guys don't get in like a, a true rhythm. It's early in the year, whatever. But it's like, come on, man. And then you don't put your best foot forward. Quiet doesn't. He's been having off games. It's just a, uh, it's a weird dynamic what they're trying to do protecting these guys. I don't like it. Yeah, it. It's interesting between that and how much players move team to team the number of games played together by specific lineups, you're just not going to have the guys that develop that like long-term chemistry where they just know exactly where the guy is going to be. It's it's funny when you watch Toronto play, like even though they lost Kawhi, they have not skipped a beat, but these guys that switching teams playing with all new squads, it's like players, especially the superstars and they get over there. It's like, you're watching a whole entire new dynamic players trying to learn how to play with each other just like, you know, obviously going to take every bit of 82 games or whatever, and it's like, it ain't happening. It takes them too long. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Tomorrow night on TNT, we got the Dallas Mavericks against the New York Knicks. Uh-oh. Your your Mavericks going to take care of business? I believe so. We got the unicorn going, man, and then we have one of the most explosive point guards in the league. It's just amazing watching uh, a couple dudes just, like, gel right away. And, uh, yeah, they're – they're tough right now. Yeah, no kidding. They are tough right now, uh, considering that the Porzingis isn't even playing well yet. <laughs> and they're still doing really well. Like, all their lineups with him in it are worse. Like, everybody's worse over uh, with him than with him off the floor. And we know he's a really good player, and he's looking like he's, like, the right fit. That's going to move in a real nice direction. We're, we're going to go through uh, all five of your teams, the Lakers, the Mavericks, the, the net. Is that right? No, the Pelicans. Sorry, not the Nets. Pelicans. Waiting the Timberwolves. What did you say? Waiting on Zion. Waiting on Zion. Here's the thing that I'm confused about with the Knicks. Is their front office thought they were going to win? <laughs> That's the most confusing thing to me. Because if they would have just said, yeah, we signed a bunch of veteran guys to help our young guys develop. It's going to be a rough year. But we'll see if we can you know, I mean, outperform expectations. Cool. Not like, yeah, we signed some veteran guys that we think can really help us. And then it's like, uh, who? You signed a lot of like sixth, seventh men. Really good guys that you can put in sixth, seventh, eighth man on a team. But I don't, I, seventh I'm, men doesn't get you very far. Get you very far at all. It's going to be interesting. Like, they don't really have any piece that they need, really. I mean, uh, our, what is it, RJ Barrett? He's, I mean, probably it. I don't know He's who. Good. Yeah, he's he's like I think leading all the rookies in basically every category for the most part. It seems like, I mean, yeah, he's putting up big numbers. He's kind of one of those guys that is going to just keep on getting better and better and better. He's not even close to his potential, and he's already doing stupid stuff. So it's it's something that I think, uh, you know, they got a they got one guy, but outside of that, it's like fire in Tisdale. I heard, or uh, you know, he's getting talking about getting fired. I mean, it's like. What are your expectations here other than just trying to develop young talent? Well, at this point, they are going to have a really bad season, so hopefully they have a really bad record, and it's a point. It's a really deep point guard class in the upcoming draft. 
So if they can get themselves a point guard to play in the backcourt with Barrett and have Randall in the front court, now you got to land a, a one or two more pieces. Go give Brandon Ingram a re- full <laughs> ridiculous deal, make Pelicans pay him or bring him in with Randall, Ingram, Barrett, and then a young point guard. That's the best the Knicks have, would have looked in a long, long time. But uh, he's gonna be got, the man, though. You got too much Luca, too much Luca, the yeah. white LeBron. I think the Mavericks are gonna clean them up pretty easily. Yep. And then we got after that the Nuggets and the Nets. Yeah, I don't. I don't really got a uh, a horse in this race, but I do love me some Kyrie. So um, I'll take the Nets in this one. But it's something that it's like. Both teams very strong, getting better. Um, you know the Nuggets got a lot of good pieces, but I'm a I'm a Kyrie guy in this game, man. He's, he's doing some great things. His handle is unbelievable. He can create his own shot whenever he wants. I mean, we all know this, but he's uh, he's kind of transcending the game, in my opinion. Taking a team that's missing, obviously, one of if not the best player in the game. So we'll see, man. But I, I'm a I'm a Kyrie guy. Real nice game. One of the best if you just want to look at pure like ball skills right like shooting passing dribbling has anybody ever been hands down better than what he's doing i don't think so not right now but we'll see if he can keep it up you know he's not the biggest guy um but when he has the ball in his hands he can just dictate whatever he wants on the offensive end we'll see how he holds up but uh does he know how to run a team though that's that's a great question i i don't I mean, they – Is he a point guard or is he really just a shooting guard that's too short? I think he's a point guard. Um, I think he's a, a point. I think he can obviously pass the ball. But I think in today's world and how he's wired, um, you know, all the training that he's done with the with the Kobe and that Mamba mentality, I think that he uh, – that's ingrained into him uh, even more so now than it was when he first came out. Um think when he came out of Duke you know obviously he didn't get him any games I think he only played like you know three or four games for them um but I think that he when he came out of there he wasn't as uh didn't have that killer in him and I think as he progressed and got some of these veterans to kind of take him under his wing learn from them and then trying to become his own man after leaving LeBron he's like he's that man he's that dude right now um but uh that's why I'm such a so high on him and I think when he gets KD back oh my goodness Best team in the East. I don't think it's that close. Well, I think you nailed it. When he needs Durant next to him, he, I feel like he's the kind of player. He's such an elite creator. It's kind of hard to have like a system around him because it's just like every single possession he can just go get a bucket. And Durant's the same way, but it's really hard to play with those guys sometimes because they don't need you to do anything to get them open. Yeah. And so you just kind of stand there and wait for him to be done, and then move on to the next possession. And so you kind of need somebody to go, my turn, your turn, with that type of player. You need two super elite guys. So you always have one on the floor. And when you have two on the floor, what do you do? Yeah, no, I hear you. It's, it's something that uh, they're kind of missing that. Like, who is their number two right now? You know offhand? Well, I would have said it was uh, their – oh, Blanken. He just got hurt. Oh, Levert. I would have – Karis Levert on the net. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's their dude. Okay. See, that, they need it. They need KD back bad. I mean, if you, I don't even – when you're not coming up with a guy's head or name, name after you hear him, you know what I mean? Levert's <laughs> uh, good, though. Levert is legitimately a good, good player. Uh, yeah. But he is more of a number three yeah. guy. He's not really – yeah, they just – they're a little bit short. If they get to 500 this year, they should be happy. Oh, yeah. But that's not the expectations, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. No, I think this game is uh, – I, I think it's in Denver, though. Yeah. 10.30 start time. I, I don't think that's on the East Coast. What do you think? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but I, I think that affects things a little bit, too, because the Nets aren't very deep, and they need Kyrie to be able to kind of do that type of thing. And You're traveling up there and the, the whole air and whatever – especially if we're trying to carry the whole load for the team. I just don't feel like they're very deep right now, especially with LeVert Hurt. So I think the Nuggets are going to pull it out. You might be right. I'm really excited about the Nuggets. They're, 
they're not playing well and they're still winning games. I think that's a sign of a really good team. If you're watching the games and you're frustrated, you don't feel like they're playing well, but they keep winning. Anyways, it's like, well, okay. Like they're, they're probably a pretty good team. Maybe they'll start playing well. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like that with, uh, it's been like that this year with the Seahawks, but uh, we're not going to, we're not going to get on too much of a tangent over there, but after Monday night football taking care of the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> they are, the Nuggets are very deep. You know what I mean? Like there's a deep, deep team. They got a bunch of young guys. They got, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I think they're going to be, they're like a, a team that's going to build towards the playoffs. Um, but man, Kyrie right now, he's doing, he's doing it. He's doing it. But yeah, um, let's talk about my game. Let's talk about my Lakers right now. Up nine against Golden State. Oof, oof. Well, they, they they're gonna be pulling away here. It's almost halftime. But man, they are uh, they are fulfilling expectations, don't you think? Yeah, they're 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 doing really well. I'm really excited about the team they put together. Before the season, one of the things I was saying is it's gonna be really interesting in LA because it's gonna be a perfect test case of interior defense versus perimeter defense what's more valuable yeah dude they got dude man they can play even with lebron at the four i mean when they got dwight howard or they got javel or i mean it doesn't really matter they are just they have the length that is different i mean it's really isn't you you mix them together uh it's a that's a interior defense they don't really have a a small guy because even their their smallest like an Avery Bradley plays way bigger than his than his size. I mean he's like an elite defender coming off an injury, but an elite defender nonetheless. And it's something that it's like they're solid across the board, if not elite. So it's a uh, yeah, it's fun to watch. Fun to watch. I wish they get more tra- you know transition better because man, uh, they got guys that can finish, but it's it's more like a pack it in kind of defense, make them beat them from the outside. But yeah. We'll see how they uh, they finish this uh, this half out. Golden State is kind of like a shell, obviously, of themselves, but it's a uh, they're trying hard. <laughs> they're trying hard. Anyways, the thing that's funny is people aren't talking about the Lakers as being like the example of going big still works. Yeah, I mean that's literally what they're doing. It's cla- classic. They're just going big. They have a really uh, big power. Everybody's instead of go- going. Oh, look, going big still works. Uh, you can be eight and one as of last night. I pulled these numbers on November 12th. Uh, we're recording on November 13th, but this is at the end of the night uh, last night. But you're eight and one, and people aren't like, hey, look, or eight and two, sorry. Uh, like you're saying, up there with the Celtics with the most wins in the league, they're getting the 110 points a game, which is 16th in the league. So right about middle of the pack is what they're doing as far as uh, how much they're, how many points they're getting. Their opponents are getting 102, which is 28th in the league. So there's only a couple teams that are holding opponents to less points. So it gives them like an eight-point differential, which is number two in the league, which that's why their wins are right up there at the top. That's it right there. But they're not trying to really play fast. They have a bigger team, so they have some good playmakers, so they'll get out and transition if they do. That's great. Then you really look at it, though, and their field goal – you know, like effective field goal percentage, it just adjusts for threes, right? So threes, whatever the percentage is, you just increase it. So to account for the fact that it's worth three instead of two. And so like their effective field goal percentage is 52%, which is 11th in the league. But their opponents is 48%, which is third best. So people just aren't scoring on them. Yeah, that's just, they're they're making it hard on them. That's when you, that's like the, the center effect, you know, man, with, if they get back with, with like AD kind of, you know, obviously basically a center in a forward, small forwards body, he, uh, or mentality at least, um, he, uh, he's basically good for what, like four, how many blocks a game is he good for? Cause it's gotta be, it's gotta be like legitimately top of the league, isn't it? Let's yeah. Look. He was like leading the league. He's at three blocks a game, 2.9 right now. Yeah, I mean, that's just like – that's what you're getting out of your – basically a guy that's playing your your four slash three at times when he stretches out. It's like that's that's different. If they can go three bigs across the board, let LeBron run the point and put Green at the two, it's like, holy smokes, I mean, how are you going to score on these guys? Um, when you got Kuzma, if you wanted to mix him in, you could go even – instead of Green, Kuzma, and you get even bigger. It's uh, – 
it's a team with size that doesn't end, man. And and the role that Dwight's playing, um, I just can't can't think. You know, he's just that's his perfect role for what he's got right now. So. Yeah, last week uh, Brian and I were talking a little bit about uh, Cantor and the Celtics, and uh, his point was he's like, how many teams are actually going to take advantage of? Like literally, what are the teams that are going to take? Who has the personnel now that the Golden State Warriors aren't doing what they're doing? Who who out there is okay? There's the Rockets. Okay, they could probably take advantage of them, but he's in the West. (laughs) So you're only worried about that until you get to the finals. And great, (laughs) yeah, we're in the finals. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that's just a matchup game, anyways. It's like, it's the yeah. But uh, the only way I think you're beating Dwight is pick and roll defense. And like, obviously, the the way that people are spreading him out makes it that much easier to to take advantage of him. But one thing I've seen, and I don't know, is he looks like he's super skinny. I don't know, and like he's moving, yeah. he's moving way different than the bulky Dwight Howard uh, used to, where it was just like laborious watching him try and guard people. Um, and his energy is different. He's uh, he's kind of that glue guy that they they need um, to come off the bench. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I see. Is there's a little bit. He just looks different. Looks like a different dude out there than he did in the past. Yeah, he went from like strong and agile to just strong and lost his agility. Then yeah. he lost his strength when he got his agility back. So, but he's doing really well. He's playing the right type of game. It makes it a little bit easier though, even when he he's in the pick and roll, when you have Anthony Davis behind you. Yeah. So yeah, you put Dwight Howard in the pick and roll. We got LeBron James and Anthony Davis lurking. LeBron's looking to pick off the pass on the – you mean if you go for the skip and Anthony Davis is sitting there at the rim. So, okay, what are you, what are you going to get? You're going to get a pull-up mid-ranger? Exactly. It's, it's – it's, he makes – and also one thing I've noticed, and, like, I don't know if I can say this really, except for with Dwayne Wade, but it's different when it's a guard with the ball, is, like, when he comes down the floor, like LeBron's bringing it up, and or he catches it on the break, instead of looking to go, like, okay, I have to go get mine or I have to go set somebody up, he literally is just passing the ball into the post. And it's like he's never had a guy really that he could do that with that was at the prime of their career and was dominant. Um, I mean, I can't think of one. I mean, he got an old man's, you know, version of Shaquille O'Neal. He never really had a big guy that could just, like, put his back and go and score. Um, and that's, like, what he's got now. It's, uh, it's kind of fun to watch because then he can create and do other things to set up everyone else off of that that problem they have down low yeah they're they're looking real nice it's going to be good for them to get Rajon Rondo back though to take some pressure off LeBron James I don't even know if he's necessarily always going to be in their best five on the floor but he's gonna take a lot of pressure off LeBron so that there's if you look at it who who's going to get assists and keep an offense running when LeBron's off the floor Anthony Davis is the next highest with assists at three a game then right. Quinn Cook. <laughs> so you're going to have Quinn Cook running the offense? Or at least if you put Rondo out there, you can keep some things going, take some of that pressure off LeBron. We'll see if he can end up being a, enough of an asset to get into the closing lineup, but it doesn't really make too much sense because what do you do? You take the ball off of LeBron's hands? That doesn't make you a better team. No, not at all. It, it's – I think that that – I think LeBron, it, he's – in my opinion, Rondo needs to come in when LeBron's coming out. He needs to be the guy with the ball in his hands and he needs to be setting up all their pieces. I mean, Kuzma is not really an off the dribble guy, but he is like an elite talent in my opinion. I think he's a knockdown jump shooter and uh, I think his game's just getting better and better. And, and I was, it was funny. I, was, I saw this, uh, I think it was on like dead spin or something. It was right after the game ended. Uh, Kuzma had like two threes back to back to end the game last night. And LeBron was just like building him up, just, just, puffing his ego up it was it was kind of cool to watch because it's like that's kind of why he's so great I think is he he does make it better for his teammates to uh he makes it he makes it harder but I think he makes it more worth it with his teammates he's playing the right kind of basketball I mean and he's setting these guys up I mean they're wide open just knock down a jump shot be ready be aggressively ready to shoot uh and be locked in and you're going to be successful playing with him it seems like he's got the right pieces right now working they're they're gonna be they're gonna be really tough i think they're gonna win a ton of games this year and then in the playoffs matchups man they're i think they're in a really good spot because i 
they can slide Anthony Davis down. <laughs> like everybody wants them to do that all the time, but they're like, no, we're good. We're going to go big, control the game, control. And the other thing is they're getting more shots than another team every game. Yeah. So they're getting like 101 shots. Other teams getting like 98. So it's like over two and a half. It's almost three extra shots a game they're getting. That's like top five in the league. Am so I like good? that's like they're just pounding. You know what I mean? They're just bigger. That's what happens when you have more size on the floor. Speaking of shots, you left your growler here. At my I house. did. That I, I noticed that I got home and I had my water, but I did not have my uh, other what's beverage. That, what's in that thing? Is that just beer, or is there something better than that? No, nah, it's just beer. Nothing too exciting. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, you, you can drink it though. You're welcome. I think I'm good on that. <laughs> but yeah um so my mavericks let's see they're uh they're like my favorite team i think i drafted right now I'm waiting for zion really waiting for zion but uh luca is something else man that i i, I don't want to like go backwards and talk about old old games but i mean I, I did you watch their last game against the lakers with him and lebron going back and forth at each other uh, some of it they both got triple doubles right yeah, was it was like, like some historic. ESPN can make every single triple double historic. They do enough research. And he got his bell rung that game, and no one really talked about it. He looked like he got like a full blown concuss. Um, Who? Luca. Oh, was did like, he? Was like late in the game, yeah, he was all he was shaking his head on the bench. I mean, that guy's a, he's a he's a baller. He's almost averaging a triple double. It's something that I uh, I'm a uh, every you know when I was talking about Kyrie, he's the guy that's I think doing it. As big, if not bigger, um, he uh, well, he, he is bigger. That's his biggest advantage for Kyrie on Kyrie. He's not a, it's funny though. His his handles like obviously very good, but he, he he's not like a great great athlete. I wouldn't call him that. He he's uh he plays like LeBron um, does right now, and almost like I mean, obviously LeBron's showing off a little more athleticism than people might give him credit for going into his 17th year or whatever, but yeah, he yeah, he's kind of, it's kind of crazy, but uh, it is crazy. But like uh, Luke is showing like that, that fluidity and that control. He's never hurried. Um, he can get his shot off at will and he's, he's scoring at a high clip. It's something that it's, it's been fun to watch him, uh, him do it. His, you know, he's like 32 or something percent three point shooter, but like, it seems like when he makes them, he makes them in volume, and it's devastating. It's just where his team separates. But um, he's, he's kind of picking up for old the old uh, unicorn uh, zinger, poor zingy. Uh, not not doing so hot. Not doing so hot. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been great. That's for sure. It looks right though. Like I think yeah. the fit's right. One one huge advantage when you have a big like Porzingis that people are ultimately going to have to guard on the perimeter or they're good. It's not going to be good for him. Right. Like if you just give him wide open standstill threes, he's going to, he's going to bury you. Yeah, no, you're right. He's, he's a, he's a leading. He seems like he's got the stretch. The three that he's shooting. I see the most is uh, from the top of the key. It seems like, or from like the elbow, but he's like stretching that center position out to where there's like the whole bottom side of the, of the, of the, the paint is open, meaning for offensive rebounding, things like that. Um, they got guys that are scrappy. It's uh, It's been fun to watch, and it's, it's something that I think that they're, again, going to be, like, right in the mix. I, I got I don't know. What do you think they'll be they, that when they finish this year in the playoffs? Like, are they a four seed? Are they a five seed? Are they better than that? I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. So there's going to end up being the six, seven, eight race, I feel like. Yeah. Then there's going to be, like, that – Three, four, five race. Yeah, and I think they're going to be in that three, four, five. They're going to be right there. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm high on the Mavericks because Porzingis hasn't played well, right? And they're doing really well. And I understand uh, Luca's probably going to cool down a little bit. He just probably is. Um, I know he lost a bunch of weight, so his endurance should be better this year and all that. But he's probably going to cool down a little bit. I mean, he's scorching hot. I mean, this is the second year in the league. So that's great. If he doesn't cool down, he's going to end up being probably maybe the best player ever. So like one of these two things is going to happen, but uh, so he's probably going to cool down at least a smidge, but uh, Przingis should be able to fill that void. No problem. And I love kind of 
the versatility. They've had so many starting lineups. And uh, I was listening to uh, the low post with Zach Lowe had Rick Carlisle on there. And they were talking about kind of all the different starting lineups and stuff. And, and that's what Carlisle was saying is it gives you flexibility so you can adjust so that different teams or whatever, uh, they can throw out a lot of different looks at people. I mean, shoot, they, they got like, Bobon, right? <laughs> they can throw him out there. They can, they can go like pretty small. They can put Prazingis at center, at power forward, like whatever. They have a lot of different things they can do. They can put a rim runner, like they've been putting Kleba or Powell next to Prazingis as kind of a rim runner um, a lot, which is helpful. But I, anyways, should we should we run through their kind of their their numbers so far? The ten yeah. games into the season, yeah. All right, so they're six and four. They're scoring 115 points a game. Opponents are scoring 112 points a game. Gives them a three-point differential. Uh, that puts them in top ten in points. So they're number eleven as far as their actual differential on the year as far as scoring. Think about the difference. Scoring. Think about real quick the difference between that and the Lakers. That's an eleven-point difference in points scored against against teams. That's just yeah. that's amazing. That's a big yep. step. It's a big step. They're, they're scoring more as well on a few more attempts. So they're, they're playing a little bit faster than the Lakers are. But, the, yeah, that's a huge difference. The, and you can look down. They're giving up the 20, 53% effective field goal percentage compared to the Lakers' 48%. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is like a 10% <laughs> difference in the quality of the looks and shots. Uh, that people are getting against them. So that's that's where the Mavericks are – that's going to be their Achilles heel because they have to have a really, really good offense. Yeah. Like that's not a, not, not a choice. Uh, they're getting 53% as well. Uh, but they're getting the same efficiency from their shots as their opponents. So even though they're a really good offense, they're giving up just as much on the defensive end. Uh, the reason why they've been winning is because they get – they get an extra shot and a half a game. They get 103 shots. Their opponents get like 101 and a half right in there. That's a big difference. And they make 19 free throws a game compared to the opponents like 16. So that, that's really where they're getting the extra. They're getting to the line a little bit more. Their second chance points, they're top 10 in the league at 14 points. So it puts them eighth. Fast break, they're, they're not getting out on the break very much. They're only getting 12 points a game, which is like 18th in the league. Their opponents are getting out in fat, in transition, though. So they're getting 15 points a game, puts them 23rd in the league. So it's like – it's just kind of – if they can sure up the defense a little bit, Porzingis is going to play better, they could be a contender. I just don't know if they're going to be able to sure up the, that defense that much. I don't think I don't think they got the dogs for it. But uh, I, I think that they're going to they're gonna need to outscore teams. I think they got the pieces to score a bunch of points. They just got to get Porzingis more. I I really like Tim Hardaway. Yeah, he's a little bit like, but he's uh he's a second unit creator. He's a guy that can that can run your second unit, put the ball in his hands. He can hit the tough pull up shot. Uh, he just he should get more assists though. He needs to figure out how to pass. That'll be good for him. He's a shooting guard. The definition of it, but uh. It's interesting. They got guys that kind of like – I don't know if they're – you could say they're Biden time, but like like what is Seth Curry doing on that team? Like I don't get it. He's a good shooter, good player, but he plays second – he's like, what is there, a third string guard for them? I mean, it's, uh, it's something that they got – they kind of got a bunch of – bunch of the same players, in my opinion. I don't know. I'm just not – I'm not, not high on their bench, but I'd love – I love the two pieces that they got it. Well, their bench, what Carlisle's always like to do is he puts out like three combo or point guards. Yeah. That's like his favorite thing to do is let's go against second unit defenses and have three creators <laughs> on the perimeter. And somebody's going to screw up and we're going to get an easy look. And the, he's made a killing at that. And so what he's doing right now is he's kind of rotating these guys in and out of the starting lineup. With depending on the fit and the whatever as they're trying to find their groove and then the rest of the guys he's throwing out Seth Curry and JJ Barea and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dellen Wright and all these guys to go put some pressure on the defense and make a bucket. He's a really good coach. He's always gotten way more out of the pieces than what the pieces looked like they should be able to get you. No. Luca ten rebounds a game. That's probably one of the most amazing things this season is seeing him get over 10 boards a game. 
Yeah, no, he's a he's literally playing. Everyone wanted LeBron to average a triple double when he like came out. Remember, like there was all that talk. He's doing that. Like he's doing that. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's historic. I don't know. Like when you watch him play, it's it's done easy too. It's not like you're seeing him force things. It's uh, the touch that he has around the around the rim with regards to like passing the ball. It's hits the ball on the money every time. Uh, he's 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 one of the most efficient guards passing the ball that I think I've ever seen. I mean, him and Steve Nash, maybe. Uh, Jason Kidd, I don't know. But he's, he's every bit as good of a passer as LeBron is. I think he might be better, um, to be honest. So He has uh, an amazing feel for the game. Yeah. Just like for the touch, the touch on the shots, to the what shot to take, to the passing, to the knowing where guys are, like the what the right play is. I think yeah. he just plays like – because you can – that's my knock on Kyrie is he has like all the ability, but it doesn't feel like he makes the right things happen on the floor for his team. <laughs> like he's like, Kyrie's numbers are great. And then hopefully everybody else did a good on their own. Like <laughs> they were on their own a little bit. Yeah. Luca, no. I feel like controls the entire thing yeah. a little bit more and he's going to get the extra, those passes and assists. And yeah, he sure is. Well, I will say this. He sure as hell ain't scared to shoot. I mean, he is putting the ball up on a high number, oh. but, but I think you're right. Like, there's there's a difference between the way he's doing it, where he's not really breaking guys down a ton and like dribble, 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 dribble shot. He's more like catching one dribble or going. He he plays like more of a of a fluid point guard that can knock down the open jump shot, and, and then he is a guy that's beating people off the dribble. That said, he uses his size great. Um, yeah. His first step is good enough. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of like Clay Thompson in that way. Uh, not as good of a shooter, different game, but like they both have that good enough first step to get to the rim. Um, he you know. kind of reminds me of a, like a bigger Ginobili. Just kind of the way he uses very like positioning yep. and way he uses his body a little bit of the herky jerky. Not really super athletic, but kind of quick enough, and he's going to get just like half a step in front of you, and then good luck getting back in the defensive position. Europeans playing smart, pissing people off, playing soccer while they play basketball. Like, yeah, that's that is very true. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I want some more. I want some more Boban though. I got to be honest, man. I I love this guy. I wanted to get Boban, and I wanted to get. Uh, What's his? Oh man, I'm having a brain. Uh, Boston Celtics drafted. Who's the tallest? Seven six. Oh, Taco. Taco Fall. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, I just had tacos tonight. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Taco Wednesdays. I, yeah, I wanted to see. Uh, I want to see those two guys on the court together at the same time. I mean, that is like <laughs> no kidding. Anyways, yeah, no. He, he, they Boban's like. Uh, He's so efficient when he's on the floor. It's like weird that he doesn't play more. And it's what bothers me though, and will always bother me, is he's eight footers shooting threes. Like he's shooting threes now. What is this about? Come on, get your ass under the freaking hoop, a dunk without jumping. You know? Yeah, that is tough. If you're a good three point shooter, shoot him. But if you're shooting thirty five percent. If you're shooting 36%, like you're really not even helping your team's offense that much unless people come all the way out and guard you. If you're pulling the center all the way out of the middle of the key and they're standing two steps from the three-point line, I get it. Like, <laughs> how many times do you yell at me to get off the block so that you could drive to the hole, right? Like <laughs> get your guy on the other side of the court. That way I can take it to the basket. <laughs> and that's what offenses are doing now. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's like a, it's like a drive. You know, I was watching. Uh, it was the '95 90, or '96 playoffs. Uh, watching Gary Payton and watching like it was like them against the Bulls, and it was I think it was like game, the first game in in Seattle, and he was like the hand checking that these guys would do was just like it's like watching two different games, and like the game now it's just so spread out and like any of these guards can get to the rack, you know, with this spread offense and their one-on-one basketball for the most part. It's uh, it's just way different. And uh, 
yeah you know it's i like it but i don't like it you know what i mean it's just like i love watching freaking some of these dudes pull from that that uh, the coach's line like are you kidding me <laughs> you would never see that back in the day so i like it because this year we're seeing a lot of the counter punches Right. Last year, the Bucks said, okay, if you're not a great three-point shooter, we're just going to let you shoot above the break. <laughs> Go for it. Because we're not going to pull the guys away from the rim, and we're going to protect the rim and make it really hard to score at the hoop and not foul you. Like, that's – then great. If you're amazing three-point shooters, yeah, we're going to have to figure out how to spread out and guard you. Otherwise, we're going to let that go. So you're seeing some of the defensive counter punches, but you're also seeing now the Lakers go big. And they're like, okay, yeah, everybody go small so you can guard the the three-point line. And we're going to throw a bunch of huge guys. LeBron's a big three. We're going to throw out Davis and and Howard McGee. Like, we're going to throw out a ton of size out on you, and you're you're set up to be a small team. So now our advantage got bigger. Like, we're not going toe-to-toe. And all these guys you mentioned, man, can move. They got they can move. They're not like the traditional, you know, stuck in the mud big guy. There, they they all can move their feet, and uh, that makes them tough, man. And they're all re- rebounders. They all yeah. rebound. You also see with the 76ers, they went big this year. Exactly. They got Bean and Horford and Harris, and those are all big for their position. And then you got Simmons in your point guard. <laughs> like, that's um, finals matchup. That would be a fun final Oh, be like old school. So you're seeing some of the counter punches. So as long as it doesn't feel like the rules are so skewed that you have to play this way and just launch yes. 70% of your shots from three, like, cool, I'm in. Because it adds variety and matchups are more important and who, who really has the personnel. You see stuff like the Nets where it's like, okay, I got, I got Allen and I got Jordan, right? Depending on my matchup, is like completely different. Now, Jordan might not be good anymore, so that might be a bad example, but he's going to get paid $10 million either way. <laughs> yeah. No, I Anything else on the on the Mavericks? Um, no, man. I I don't think so. I, uh, I mean, they're kind of riding, riding a little bit of high with Lucas. So you then keep it going. Is, is that your little one? Yeah, she just – Is that a little Chloe? That's one. That's one part I didn't introduce about John, N- new dad. Little, what is she? Uh, four months now. A little over. I say four and a half months old. Yeah. Four and a half months. You know, it's your first when you count half months. Oh yes. <laughs> Stand up and crawl and do all that stuff. It's a lot of fun. Little change, uh, change your world type stuff. Yeah, no, I saw saw her for on Monday when I was over for Monday night football, and I'm like, oh man. I think we got a future basketball player. This one's tall. <laughs> you can tell she's got a long, long legs, long torso. She's not a little baby. Uh, yeah, my my daughter's about a month older, my youngest, and she's in like the nineties for height. And your daughter's taller than mine. I'm pretty sure from looking at the two. I'm like, okay, well, we're, we're tipping those height scales. We will. She's not. She's put on a little weight. Put on a little weight. But she's doing. Uh, she's doing good. She's doing good. It's my wife's been working on it. Got her. She's sleeping like crazy now. So, you know what they say when they're sleeping, they're growing. So. Well, yeah, we we got Chloe and Annabelle coming to a court near you. <laughs> but, so we got the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, man. I'm. I've been. Uh, what's that song? I've been patiently waiting for Zion to come back. <laughs> so they play 10 games so far they are two and eight uh they have the third most losses in the league but they have the fourth most points in the league with 117 a game so they're scoring that ball just ask brandon ingram uh but the opponents are number one with 122 points so they're giving up every game so they have negative five and a half points uh differential their effective field goal percentage is 54 percent, 53 and a half uh which is top seven in the league, but their opponents are getting 54%. So they're actually getting more than they are um, because they're 26 in the league as far as um, their defense, what they're giving up. They're also getting a shot and a half less than their opponents every game. And so that's, that's kind of a, a rough combination. You got to play a little bit of defense somewhere. Their offense is doing really well without Zion. Is Zion going to fix their defense? I think he can. Um He's not an elite defensive player, but I think what he does bring to them is that energy and that, you know, tr- the trickle-down effect of his his energy on the floor. 
um, his leaping ability, his rebounding. Uh, I he brings a lot to the a lot to the team. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he fits in after these guys have played for this long. Uh, I know he's probably just dying to get out there, but uh, it's something that you're seeing guys that had the potential when they were in LA um, start to show a little bit. Uh, Brandon Egram, I mean, he's playing like an all-star, uh, if, if not like a starting all-star. He's he's been elite. Um, he's just like needs a little bit of help, and he's not doesn't have it right now. Guys like uh, I think that obviously, um, I, in my opinion, one of the biggest. Uh, missing links that that I think that this team is needs more of is more Lonzo ball he needs to play better um I don't know if 11 and a half points a game is going to do it obviously they're not asking for him to score 25 or 20 even but he needs to be a little bit more aggressive um in my opinion uh his his assists they talked about how great of a passer he is he's only averaging six assists a game um there's I think that you know he's the number two overall draft pick time to get going it's time to uh you know show why you're that um obviously they got drew holiday who is a point guard uh, at heart i think you know he obviously plays shooting guard that's where he's listed but he's he's another point guard and they might be taking some of those opportunities away or or might, they might be running more of a two guard set and that's in that case but i don't see enough from lonzo what do you think well, he, he's hitting two and a half threes a game at 37%. So that's by far his best year so far of his career. He's only played eight games, so it's really early. I mean, I don't know how many total shots is that, 6.1 over eight games. So that's, what, 48, 49 shots, something like that. Uh, so it's 40, 49 shots that he's taken from three, but so far 37%. That's the best that he's had. So I think that's helpful. I think – what? Build that back again. How did, what math did you just do off the top of your head like that? Oh, well, it's just like, what is it? Uh, 6.1 times 8, right? So <laughs> you just multiply it. Uh, but anyways, uh, so then I'm, I'm with you, though. Six assists a game is he's – how do you say? He doesn't have the ball in his hands the entire game. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't looked it up to see kind of what it what it is on whatever. But I, when I watch him play, he does get those – he gets some high-value assists where he gets like a defensive rebound – and, like, one pass, it's already up the floor, and now you have an advantage. Like, those are, like, some of the highest, I think, the, those types of uh, assists that really give you a major advantage, that creates more value than somebody that just has the ball in their hands all the time and happens to get some. You remember watching uh, LaMelo score, like, 100 points? Did you ever see that YouTube highlight, his, his younger brother? Uh-uh. He, they were cherry-picking. Like, he wasn't crossing half court, so when he was getting these assists – it was literally like a teammate would rebound and throw the ball to half court. He would be like one-on-one, basically playing football, beat, beat him, catch the ball, and either go to the rack and lay it in, or he'd catch it, and the guy would be like sagging off and he'd shoot a three, and it was like right before anyone could even get back to guard. He was already – he would never cross half court. And those like – those long passes that he was getting over and over and over again, they were doing that with Lonzo to not to the same extent. He's good at that, that that long outlet that's releases and the guy's just basically running underneath it and scoring. Uh, those freebies are huge. I think you're right about that. It's just something that, like, I think Brandon Ingram brings the ball up a lot. Um, they got guys that can handle the ball kind of across their lineup. It's not um, – Holiday. Then Zion's yeah. about to be in there doing the same thing. So I wouldn't – honestly, long-term, I wouldn't be surprised if they flipped Lonzo Ball because it's a not – he should be on a team where he has the ball in his hands constantly. He has amazing vision. He has the size to see over the defense. If he's hitting at 37% from three, you have to guard him. So yeah. you, you want to run the ball in his hands a lot. But if, if you have Brandon, if they're going to keep Brandon Ingram, they got to send out trade Lonzo Ball is kind of my feeling. Because Ingram, Zion, and Drew Holiday are going to be like three guys that are probably going to have the ball in their hands as much or more, probably more than Lonzo. And so – he doesn't fit as the four number four ball handler on a team. You want him as one of your top two guys with the ball in his hands, like a Rubio. Right now, I think we're seeing the Phoenix Suns put that on display a little bit. Is here give a guy like Rubio, who is always known for his vision and his passing, but has gotten a lot of hate because really the teams he has been on, it hasn't been like a lot of shooting spread out. 
it's been kind of more like it is with the like with Donovan Mitchell and some of these guys that are like playmakers, which is great, but like you don't have the same space to to do anything, and so your passing can't be put on display because this court's too crowded, and you don't have the ball enough. Yeah, no, it it it, it kind of his, his playmaking ability and to get the guy open to make the right pass, um, I think can work in the transition type offense. Obviously, these guys are not hurting on scoring the ball, but scoring the ball. Yeah, um, but that's one true. Thing, one thing that they're missing is uh, is that true like inside presence. Um, I think that they they can get it, but it's like you got what is it, Jaleel Okafor? I mean, like, hey, I was just I was literally gonna ask, do you know who's leading their team in blocks? Is it Jaleel? It's gotta be right. It is with yeah. one point one a game. You have Okafor leading the Pelicans in blocks. Yeah. Brandon Ingram's number two, and Drew Holiday's number three. Yeah. So if that tells you a little bit about why they're having problems uh, defending, so Zion coming in will help with that. He'll help protect the basket. He has the athleticism. He's going to get up and challenge shots. If you literally look up and down their their roster, they're a really deep team. But Ingram's the only guy really right now with true forward size, unless you want to call Favor as a forward, but he's kind of more of a center now. So, yeah. And Ingram's not like a thick guy. So they have no like girth yeah. out there at the forward positions, and they're just getting killed because of it on the defensive end. Yeah, they're just not, not strong enough, long story short. And that Zion brings them a, 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 an entire different dynamic that, to be honest with you, I like, I mean, it'll be – it's like a new team my opinion with him on the floor um i think they showed a lot in the preseason obviously it's not the same but um one thing i think you can't take away from him is he's playing against nba bodies and he was making these guys look like high school players i mean he was that much bigger stronger faster quicker uh his second jump is something that is uh you know let's hope we can just stay healthy that's the big question mark is can he stay healthy uh, 70 plus games for the next 10 years we just gotta keep saying it over and over and we'll speak it into his existence yeah dude give me i, I take 65 man just get out there <laughs> well i mean i take 58 if we're being honest <laughs> can you can you load managers make sure they're on the nationally televised game <laughs> it's whatever we'll just pull it up on league pass but all right anything else on the pelicans no man i'm, I'm good on them minnesota timberwolves oh uh, that's my dark horse not not too bad with a six and four record in the first ten games. They're six in the league with 116 points a game, but they actually have a negative differential. They're uh, giving up a 116 and a half points a game, uh, so that's not good. Their opponents are scoring the seventh <laughs> most points. But it, and then we have their effective field goal percentage is 50 percent, and their opponents is 53 percent. So their opponents are getting like quite a bit better value on their shots but you know why they're winning john why they are getting more attempts than their opponents than any other team in the league they're getting over four more shots per game than their opponents why so they get up like carl anthony, i think it's carl anthony towns getting four rebounds on one possession um, yeah putting a miss after miss but keep on getting boards well there's which hurts your effective field goal percentage and all these types of things right but okay, well, as long as we ended up making the basket, that's really what we wanted to do. Uh, they're number six in second chance points, kind of to that point, and they're kind of putting pressure on it, so they're also getting to the foul line, and they're getting their fifth and made free throws at 28 a game. So that's... I think the, the one thing, period, like, you know, numbers aside, the reason why they're six and four and they have a winning record is simply Wiggins. He's been unbelievable. What his last four games, he's playing like an all-star. Um, he's averaging 25 a game. He's, I mean, he's, he's finally showing why he was drafted number one overall. I mean, he's been uh, he's been the best player on the team. And then you got Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh, ooh, uh, you, he, you think he's been better than Carl Anthony last Towns? Just the last four games. The last, last, last four games. Okay. Um, but like, I think like. He's showing why, you know, he's he's hitting the big shots. He's he's been he's so streaky is the thing with his jump shot that um, we'll see if he can keep it going. But I, uh, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, and he's been he's been blocking some shots. He, oh. He's getting as many as uh, Okafor is. He's getting one point one a game. <laughs> That's not too bad. But I mean, it, 
That's like what fifty percent more than his highest. His highest. No, he's he's doing really well uh, this year. He he had a couple games that he just closed out and turned into like you're texting me. He turned into Kobe for the fourth quarter or something like this. I was like, who Wiggins? <laughs> no, he has all the talent in the world though. He really does. He has everything you would ask for if you draw when he was coming out, and he's still only twenty four years old. So people are so quick to bail on people now. Could you imagine if he had played four years in uh, college? What would it be, his rookie year, second year right now? Right, and he's averaging 25. It'd be People would be going crazy like 10, yeah. 15 years ago, whatever, 20 years ago, coming yeah. in four years out of college, uh, 25 and a half points yeah. a game, five rebounds, three and a half assists, over a block a game as a perimeter player. 47% field goal percentage is pretty good, right? Like for a guy creating on the perimeter. So, yeah, we'll see if he can keep it up. That's been the knock on him always. He always puts up these huge big games and he can do all everything you would possibly want from like a number one or number two guy on your team. And then he goes like four games where you're like, was he injured tonight? <laughs> like, was he out on the floor? Oh, he was on the floor. Yo, he played 35 minutes. No kidding. <laughs> like, I don't even remember seeing him. Where'd he go? <laughs> oh, he's so, so quiet. Uh, you know who's not been quiet, though? Uh, who's that? Kind of reminds me of Josh Hoover's, Hoover circa, uh, and like four or five years ago at the uh, at that little league right in the, on the Renton, uh, Renton Hills there. Uh, yeah. you know, right. not, backing down, not backing down to anybody, just like Carl Anthony Towns, man. <laughs> People think he's like this softy and he's coming at him, he's barking at him, pushing back, getting in headlocks. I mean, he's a, <laughs> they, they've come, they've uh, come out with a fire. Him and Wiggins this year is like a little different. Yeah, they're trying to, trying to prove Jimmy Butler wrong, I think, a little bit. It's uh, it's, it's something that's funny to watch, though, because it's like you're seeing a guy that, that it's almost like it's a fight-or-flight type mentality. I mean, he needs to, like, push back a little. Um, and I think people have been kind of, like, thinking he's soft and playing him like he's soft, and he's not uh, he's not taking it anymore. It's going to be good to see. We can't sleep on Covington, though. He's, like, perfect guy to put in the front court with those two guys. Right now it's 12 points a game. Mm-hmm. He shoot, he's, he's not even shooting well from downtown, but he's hitting a couple threes a game. People will guard him because he can shoot. But you look at it, he's like getting 1.2 blocks and a steal and a half a game. So he's also bringing that that defense. He's a He spaces the four-man out, pulls a big guy out of the lane, which I believe is more valuable than pulling a shooting guard out of the lane. If <laughs> you can guard a, pull a power forward or a center out, it makes it a lot easier. I mean, who would you rather go to the hoop? waiting and help defense the point guard or shooting guard or the power forward or center it's a big difference so uh, just having that that guy he's like the perfect fit to give those two Wiggins and Towns some spacing in theory those three could be I don't know where where could you rank them in a year or two as far as front court Covington's a little bit older but he's got a few good years left in him I mean there's not that many front courts that have that much talent in them. I mean, the Lakers, obviously, but yeah, it's just like, I mean, we already talked about him, but the X factor being Wiggins. If he's playing like he is right now, they're one of the best. Um, Covington coming up, uh, starting to produce more and more. But like, I just think that he's sort of their the catalyst that could be a superstar. And if he can do that, it'll make all these other guys better. It's it's they're not as deep as uh, I wish they were when it came to the point guard. Not a big Jeff Teague guy. Um, he's efficient. Uh, he shoots a high percentage, um, but he's not. I think he's like on the very tail end of, of what he's what he was and, and what he can be. I don't I don't see a real upside there. That's that's a, something that I think they could definitely improve on. Is is a, at the point give Net Shabazz a little more run or something like that. But they uh, they could use a, I think a fresh face there. That's a I completely agree with you. That's exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> I was like, you look at the roster, it's great. Their front court's awesome, but it's like, who's running the point? Jeff Teague right now, if he's my first guard off the bench, I'm happy. If he's my starting point guard, I hope I have a similar quality player coming off the bench to back him up. Then yeah. I can have like a, a solid, good platoon. Great. 
like that's fine but he needs uh, another guy to really and i don't know napier is i don't think he's necessarily he's not i don't know he's not that he's not good enough i don't think he's a fun one for Lonzo to be on to be honest i kind of thought this year if wiggins didn't do great that flipping him for Chris Paul could make sense for those two organizations. And you give like a true. That'd be a nice fit. Because then with OKC, they're like, okay, we have Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Ferguson, Wiggins, Gallinari, Adams. Okay. You know I mean, that's a lineup. Uh, a little bit more size and stuff because they're getting killed on the board and stuff right now because they just don't have a lot of size on, at the forwards. And, but, Minnesota has nothing at point guard. Really, teams like a they have they have half of a point guard position. They need the rest of it. But him and Chris Paul, they'll run a great offense. But it takes the ball out of Towns' hands. Do you want good point guards when you have a guy that you just run the whole thing through? Or do you just want to give it to him? Yeah, I agree with you. It's something that I'm a I'm a big time. I don't, I, I'm, I've never really been high on Jeff Teague, and he's, he's a thirty almost thirty two. Get younger, get fresher. Um, Real nice in Atlanta, though, man. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was something else. I just yeah. don't see it. He just look, doesn't look – he looks slow. He hit, yeah. I, don't like, I don't like a push shot. There, there. I'm biased against a push shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on the Timberwolves? Um, oh, man. I think that's it. Good on them. So, we got the Charlotte Hornets. They are uh, – through the first 10 games, they're four and six. They're scoring 106 points a game, which is 24th in the league. They're giving up 113. So they're getting outscored by seven and a half points a game, which is 27th in the league. Uh, they have 18th in effective field goal percentage at 52%, but they're 28th on defense at 55%. And lost uh, a heartbreaker tonight. It lost a heartbreaker. They were up big. I know. I looked and I was like, "Oh, they're like blowing them out." Okay, they're showing they're showing the Grizzlies that you know you're the young team. We have some more veteran people. And then I think I, I didn't get to look all the way through it, but it looked like John Morant went off. Oh, he did game winner on us too, man. Slicing and dicing. Oh, that was tough. He's like, no, we're not below the Hornets in the NBA betting order. So that, that was a rough one. You know, I'm looking for some um, bright spots, John, and I'm not seeing many. Well, they're real even killed. Very deep team, play all 50 players. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to say this. They are – they're just good enough. And they got dudes like Miles Bridges that can just fly out and jump out of the gym. And they got enough consistency across their lineup to where they don't have, like, you know, a, a true weak link because they're all just barely hanging on. But uh, <laughs> Well, it's kind of like the Knicks like we were talking about before. It's like having a bunch of, like, seventh and eighth men. Yeah, Exactly. It's great if you have five of them on a bench and you cobble it together for, like, a second unit, like, that's pretty good. But when, like, half those guys are starting, you're like, well. <laughs> it's, uh, it is something that, I don't know, when you look at their squad, and, I mean, they go out and they get – they basically are getting other teams, like – I don't want to say trash because that's a mean – it's mean. But – Cast-offs is like – Cast-offs. Like, Taylor's here, uh, Cody Zeller – uh, Marvin Williams, Kid Gilchrist. The, you can go down the whole – Nicholas Batum. Like, he was like a cornerstone piece in uh, – He was so good with the Blazers. Oh, so good. Like that baseline three that he would hit over and over and over. Dude, the guy's making – And he's like playmaker too. Like, that's the – $25 million this year, dude. Look at his stats. I <laughs> know <laughs> I'm aware. But hey, have you have you watched Devonte Graham play much? Uh, I haven't. I haven't seen a lot of him. Um, he's starting to get a little bit more run. Like, I mean, but he's been he's been pretty nice. I mean, like, I've only seen, I didn't know him at all in Kansas. I'm not a huge college guy, but what I've seen out of him this year, a lot of consistency. Uh, get to the rack. Um, he's really good at setting guys up. Uh, he's shooting he's seven and a half assists a game off the bench in thirty yeah. minutes. Yeah, he's, he's really their starter. I mean, like, he's not starting, but he's starting. Uh, yeah. 18 yeah. points. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been consistent. Um, it's been it's been fun to watch because he's like setting guys up in a way that I mean, it's like he, what Terry Rozier should be doing, he's doing, um, and uh, that that's been the fun part. Terry Rozier's coming in trying to score more. You can definitely tell that's his mentality. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, they're playing about the, they're both playing about thirty minutes a game, and I would definitely take what. Uh, Graham's been doing or what Rozier's been doing right now. It's not even close. What have uh, what have you have you uh, been following them at all? Seen any of their games? A little bit. I've seen parts of a few different games. They're, they're either in them or they're just getting their doors blown off. It doesn't seem like they have like it's been it's been not a very consistent team. Um, I can say that. But one one guy I do love is Miles Bridges. I mean. He is a high-energy guy. Um, can't shoot it, really, but when he is in the game, um, the difference he makes, I think, is, is – I, I bet he's got one of the best plus-minuses on the team. I bet you he does. Uh, just the energy that he that he's bringing is uh, pretty unique when he's, when he's on the floor, that, that athleticism that he's got. For having a pretty um, – the perception on – the Hornets is essentially they're like they got nothing right they got like no future nothing there very little whatever but I look look at it suddenly it's like if Devontae Graham's gonna play like this and then I, I don't know you got Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon as like a three guard kind of combos for the future I really like Malik Monk it hasn't quite clicked yet for him I think there's a, some time left there but he's super springy that guy's got the athleticism you oh, put yeah. him out there with uh, PJ Washington and what he's been doing in Bridges, that's not a terrible young core, and they got to be able to flip some of these veterans. The problem is their veterans aren't playing well, but they got to get some of these guys back in shape, like put them on a diet or something before February, and get them back in shape and playing well. Because if they can sell off a few of these guys, like Marvin Williams, to like a playoff team that needs a stretch four as a coming off the bench, like I. Their guys make a lot of money, so it's a little bit tricky. But if they can pull in a few assets for these guys, flip them second half of the year, play all the young guys, they're not in that bad of a shape as a franchise. I think they have some exciting young guys. Well, yeah, they're all like 20, 21, 22. I mean, they're, they're guys that are just coming into their own. Um, you know, a lot of them right on that cusp, averaging like double digits, ready to have that next big year. Um, just talking about Wiggins, it's sort of the same story with some of these guys. A lot of talent, but need another few years to kind of just really get their footing. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not really high on the team, but they've been uh, more productive than I probably deserved. Um, and so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm rolling with them. I, I, uh, I like – one thing I do like is um, MJ, you know, running the show. Uh, he – I love his mentality. It came out and they talked about load management. He's like, these guys are paid to play 82 games. I love that. Um, and it's uh, something that I don't I, – we can go back and talk more about what Kawhi's doing and what some of these other guys are doing. Uh, but I, I love the fact that Jordan, that came out about MJ because it just shows the difference in mentality, man. It's just a – it was a job, and it needs to be treated like that. And now it's just treated like it's a – you know, you guys need to be – well, I'm the all-star, so we need yeah. to prioritize me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, use the one getting $30 million a year to play basketball. Like, don't lose sight of this. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> but I, I do think there's a difference between something like, who knows all the information with Kawhi Leonard, but something specific where somebody has like a chronic something with their quad or their whatever that or their knee that's they're not going to be able to make it through an 82 season and the playoffs. Okay. But as far as the other rest of the league, other than like one or two or three guys or whatever that is, I'm, I'm totally with you, but it, it's, it's tough. Cause you see some of the teams that have been most successful, like San Antonio, they've been doing this type of stuff for a long time to keep guys fresh. And they use it as an opportunity to get playing time for their other guys, because there hasn't been a great kind of, minor league system so if you want to build kind of for the future if you're not planning on losing or having a lot of cap space based by breaking up your team it gives an opportunity to get some guys some big league reps yeah, i see that 
and develop your number 27 overall draft pick that you stashed overseas for a year. I look at it, I look at it like, I get what you're saying, but I also look at it like I'm a fan of the NBA and like, um, I want to see the best players. Yeah, I'll put it this way I'm going in, I'm going to a game. uh, One of my buddies is getting married down in Portland, and I'm going to a game that weekend. It's the Bucks that we're playing, and uh, that Portland's playing. And uh, man, if Giannis isn't playing that game, I'm gonna be pissed off. Like, I mean, the games yeah. are the games are expensive. It's like that's the guy I'm, I'm paying to see play. I want to see the best play, and um, you know, to be in that conversation and and all that. I think you have to play the games even when you're not a hundred percent. Because that's uh, that's what people have been doing. That's his job. That's why he's making millions and millions of dollars a year. That said, if it's going to risk his career, like what it did to Kevin Durant in the playoffs, he wasn't ready. He shouldn't have been out there. Um, tore his Achilles because of it. Like you know what I mean? I think there's a fine line that they all walk. But I, just, I do appreciate that the NBA was smart enough to be like. If you're gonna rest, rest at home games. Like they're gonna see you 41 times, <laughs> so they're gonna. It's like not somebody who bought the ticket four months ago because I'm gonna see my favorite player play. And it's not that they got hurt. It's just that they wanted to give their 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 knees a rest for the night. That's that's a tough sell. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100. I, I'm. I just uh, I feel like it's so soft. The game's already way softer than it used to be and then you have guys taking games off it's like come on man um but need some it. patrick beverly's in the nba i'll yeah, yeah, yeah. it up a little bit that mentality it's like what the game should be like uh i just i grew up like when i played basketball was i've never had that like uh mouth on me but like the mentality that i watched i remember watching gary payton play and i was like dude he is like just shutting people down i mean like it, and, he, and he let them know about it and it's like whenever like emotions are running high you know you i would like almost feel like you know that's the type of player i want to be like because it's like he's he was always just on it and like you could dictate the game physically and this game it's like man he did, he did half of what he used to do to get freaking thrown out it's just like <laughs> flagrant foul that's unnecessary yeah, it's like, <laughs> You want him to score, or do you want him to not score? I don't want him to score. Okay, we'll foul him so he doesn't score. Like you can't really do that now. So it's a, uh, it's, it's the glove, yeah. and that's like what it looked like. He was like all over him, <laughs> like he's just like covering him, grabbing him by the freaking hip, and just not letting him go anywhere. Oh, it was great. Um, but uh, I love watching him back down when uh, Nate McMillan was coaching him. He put him on the block. You have them back down on the like the left block and run the offense th- from there. Do a little yeah. playmaking. That little baseline three or uh, jumper that he that he developed late in his career was so money. Oh my gosh! Yep, right out of that back down. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, anything else on the Hornets? No, man. No. All right, man. Well, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Hoof.